Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Last time on Dust World Neon City. Try and lead him this way. Maybe we can get him to stumble into this here laser grid. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Get him close to my inert body. Well, I'll, I'll protect you. I'm a doctor. Uh, I hope you do a better job protecting me than you did clear. You know what? That really hurts, Clarence. It's not completely necessary you bring that up. My body is at stake here. Whatever, sure. Fine, fine, fine. Hey, I've got good news for you. I don't have to do shit. He's gonna come for you. Get excited. So he starts slashing at Wrecking Ball. And, uh, you know, is furiously clawing at his arm, at his, like, torso. And you see, like, his clothes getting ripped up um, and things shredding. But you don't feel that normal sort of gushy, meaty feeling that you normally would. Clarence has a flash and all of a sudden smells this tinny smell. And he remembers the wind whipping past his face, except it wasn't his face. It was... It was something else. 
and he remembers seeing uh, Kevin and Gage fighting on this deck and blood forming together and becoming weapons. And all of a sudden, Ferris, this this vampire, this creature that was a bane to Clarence's existence that had been totally gone from his memories, just popped back. And he could remember various encounters with this being and remember walking through Clarence, uh, through Ferris's lair and these vats of blood and how they became weapons to be wielded and how he could form it and shape it into whatever form he desired. And all of a sudden he snaps back to reality and knows exactly what is happening with this creature. And then both Silent Monday and Doc Miller here in their head from Clarence, just out of nowhere. Wait a second, vampires aren't real. Hello, I'm Paul Purnell, the DM of Dustworld Neon City, an actual play podcast where we use a game, Dustworld RPG, powered by the apocalypse, to tell an awesome narrative story. Roll the intro. Welcome to Neon City. It's crazy here. I'm telling you what. We got the smog's gonna choke you out. Have our cars flying at 100 miles an hour. We got radioactive light of the spires cooking your brains. We got the cutters, the slices, the mechs. And look at this guy. We got the psychomancer, Clarence Wells. He's a pit fighter amnesiac with the power to crush you with his single thought. We got over here, Dr. Andrew Miller, the philanthropist doctor who's gonna help you out. You just come to his door with your scraped knee, he gets you sorted. But secretly, he's got inside of him a parasite that wants to eat you. And over here, we got his right-hand man, Silent Monday. Dude don't talk, but he's got an LCD suit that pops up his thoughts with emojis and text. And he's got a sword that can cut through just about anything. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, well, then you're in the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Dust World Neon City. Who's a vampire now? I, no one, but they're not real, right? I failed to see the relevance of this line of questioning. Considering, Just keep my body safe. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. And he like, Doc like lifts Clarence's hand and like waves at Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, like, don't do that. That's that's giving me a complex. I hate it. I hate it. And oh, Doc, dear. Doc thinks about like making Clarence pick his own nose, but no, no, he's a professional. <laughs> That's not necessary. That's funny. Clarence, when you look back at Doc uh, and your body, you also see Clear's like floating right near your body and kind of eyeing it. Clear? Clear? Clear just waves at you. Clear? You're making it very what? clear right now. What is it? You know what? Actually, that's not the worst idea. Um, could you wake me up inside? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Why? <Ow. laughs> Why? <laughs> he gives you a thumbs up. Clear, uh, I think, gets the gist of what you're saying, and he jumps in your body, and it springs to life in, uh, in Miller's arms. Uh, yeah, so Clear is like, oh, this feels different. Oh, the person who killed me. And I shove him away. Oh my god. 
and he uh, drops Clarence's body, and he's like pressed up against the wall. Um, you know, very uh, like eyes wide. He's like, Clarence, what did you just say to me? I'm not Clarence. I'm clear. And then he raises his hand up, palm facing you in like pretty monotone sort of pose, but you feel like it's dangerous. He's like, Clarence, Clarence, snap out of it. But he's not going to he's not going to get any closer. What Doc is going to do is um, he is going to. You are in a silent with Clarence, so you can't communicate with. Oh, him still. yeah. Clarence. Clarence, what the hell's going on here, Clarence? Ooh, what? I didn't. I'm really confused right now. I'm kind of scared. What? I, I've got a, a safety. A safe for you, maybe. I, I apparently I killed this guy. Who the hell is this? Well, how many people have you killed? First of all, <laughs> ouch. Ah. That hurt, but it is this the <sighs> damn it? How many albinos have you killed? Have you killed me? Oh my god, do you just kill albinos for breakfast on Tuesdays? Doc holds up his hand to he's not really sure where to look. He, he's looking back at Clarence and he says, Listen, I, I need you to understand something clear, is it? Yes, it is clear. I I can't tell you how sorry I am. I got, listen, I, I need to explain something to you, and it's going to sound really weird. I have As this, this is happening, you guys definitely hear screaming and crazy things happening. <laughs> like, he looks, five he feet looks away. At, he looks at clear and he says, can we talk about this later? We got some work to do. And Clear kind of like wobbles back and forth with Clarence's body. It's as if he's having to learn to like move and walk again. And he like looks back towards Wrecking Ball. And he says, I suppose that is the most intelligent use of our time. And he slowly moves back behind Miller. So Miller kind of keeps his eye on Clarence like, oh my god, he's going to stick a knife in me the first chance he gets. Um, but he's going to go and proceed into the room with Wrecking Ball and try to see what the hell's going on in there. You look into the room and there's like a probably 10 foot tall worm creature made out of water. Is uh, Wrecking Ball in there too? Yeah, on the other side of the worm creature. Uh, the worm creatures between you and Wrecking Ball. Uh, there are two figures you don't recognize in front of uh, Wrecking Ball. One is a kind of built looking cybernetic guy with a shiny metal arm. The other is uh, kind of a pampered looking fellow. Um, well, I don't know. Ziggy, did you return to your normal form or are you still look like a security guard? I'm going to say Ziggy uh, was back to his normal humanoid form uh when this happened uh when trouble started i'm gonna say okay um yeah so that's what you see you also see monday kind of like 
has moved towards the shelf where you know the the safe is. Right. What do you do, Doc? Doc is going to like blink a few times. Uh and he's just going to go towards where he knows the vault is. He's like, you know what? All right, I, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what's going on here. I don't even care. I just gotta get to the damn vault and get the hell out of here. This is this is too weird. Too weird. Nice. How close is the vault to where Doc is standing right now? Um, so between Doc and the vault, there is still invisible lasers that you have a sensor there, but you can't see. So navigating them is pretty difficult, which is why you ended up staying on this side in the first place. Mm-hmm. So pretty much we're going to need to. Um, I'm going to survey my surroundings then. I think that would probably be the best thing because then I uh, let's see how that goes. Okay. I need to get Doc needs to get his bearings on this bizarre situation. And okay, so, I got a 10. Nice. So as you look around uh, trying to figure out kind of what's going to be the best plan of action here, you ask yourself what questions? Um, definitely what's my best way to traverse, break in, or escape? And that's going to be directed towards the invisible lasers. Okay. Given your knowledge, you know that um, there has to be a power source somewhere. So if you really needed to join the fray, you could probably use like hack it, fix it, or wreck it as far as like, you know, mechanically. But you could try and find the power source and get turn it off, cut it out. Um, so as far as getting into the vault, you think that uh, Monday's sword is, which you know can become incredibly sharp, could probably cut into the vault or at least break through the fake, or not really fake, but the the shelving and everything that's kind of hiding the vault. Okay. Then in that case, uh, my other question is going to be, what is of use or valuable to me? I think what comes to your mind is that. Uh, Kaiser Rex is a very valuable individual and you do know that uh, like as you did research that the safe uses biometrics ah okay Um, so then what Doc is going to prioritize in his mind alright step one turn off the lasers and step two is going to be get somehow get Kaiser Rex and use his eye or thumbprint or, you know, whatever he needs to use for biometrics. So what Doc's going to do first is he's going to try to find the power source to the invisible lasers. So what would I need to roll to do that? Uh, Another thought, if only you had a way to get inside of somebody's body and make them do what you want. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Doc snaps his fingers. He's like, all right, grin. Um, well, Rex is unconscious, so would he be able to wake him up? Doesn't need to be awake. Doc is just gonna, like, uh, he's like, uh, hold tight, uh, clear, just, uh, just hold on there a second. Um, Doc is gonna let, like, a little bit of grin fall off of him, and it's gonna, like, turn into a little snake that turns into a squid and kind of, like, 
sits on the top of Kaiser Rex's head for a minute and just kind of like slurps the memories out. <laughs> I like it. After Grin's like partner in crime kind of blew itself up, Grin mm-hmm. has been asleep. Uh, I think in order to wake Grin up, you're going to need to either give him like some harm like take a harm to like kind of wake him up and feed him basically. Um, or you can kind of force him awake, but he's going to want to eat something. Doc is gonna, um, he's like, and Doc is already, Doc is still unstable Mm -hmm. from the last session, but he's like, ah, damn it. And Doc takes his scalpel and just like punctures his, uh, his upper arm and he's like all right help yourself slaps his arm a little bit like Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh the face forms on your other palm and then your hand like kind of goes over your arm uh it it feels weird you feel a little lightheaded for a second and then like as you move your hand away the wound is healed um but you still feel that like kind of bad a little bit bad um yeah, I hate the, that. The upside is you do get a plus one on your uh, your powers for this scene because you fed him his favorite meal, which is you. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, so I think with that, you definitely are able to release your squid snake. And it has no problem going under the wires because they're like two feet high. Uh, basically, if somebody told you, you could probably just belly crawl. Um, but, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the snake makes it over there. Go ahead and roll memory thief and All right. let's see, see what happens. It's just plus grit 10. All right, not bad. Nice. Doc is gonna um get the memory, uh, steal the memory, in fact, from Rex, and that includes how to shut off the power to the invisible laser and how to uh, how to open the vault. So, Rex. So you said Rex no longer knows that. That knowledge is solely in Doc's <laughs> mind, right? Exactly. Well, yeah, currently in Grin's mind, but... Well, Doc Doc kind of, like, smiles to himself, and he's like, all right, now we have some leverage. But nice. um, where is the power source to the lasers? So I think as soon as he gets those memories, uh, he realizes that just under the desk, there's a series of switches that can turn off the laser grid that can open the vault. Uh, like, not the vault itself, but, like, reveal the vault. So, and your little Grin, Grin friend, uh, he, Grin, Grin says, Oh, this is easier than I thought. <laughs> what a complete idiot. And you see your, like, Grin snake just, like, going around. While this is happening, we're going to cut away to everything else that's going on. Um, so, giant water snake, Ziggy... Kincaid, a lot has happened over over here while uh, while Miller was doing all of that. So basically, this is all happening simultaneously. Um, so Cliffa, you just created a giant <laughs> giant worm uh, creature, and it's obedient, and you want it to like attack Wrecking Ball. Is that correct? Oh yes. Uh, so go ahead and roll Clash. You got a seven on a seven. You uh, inflict your harm and pick one. They inflict harm on you or you find yourself in a bad spot. 
I'll put myself in a bad spot. I don't feel like maybe, so. This, I don't know. this will be your elemental, uh, your worm thing will be put <laughs> in a bad spot. This is rolling for it. Oh, no. Okay. No, never mind. I'll have it be harmed. Okay. Um, it's not so, me. Yep. Uh, just so you know, it only has three harm. Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this thing attacks. Uh, what does it look like when it attacks? Like, what happens? How does um, it attack? Uh, have you ever seen uh, the film Dune by <laughs> David Lynch? Um, uh, yeah, but it just lunges forward with its weird, uh, questionable mouth things, trying to get at uh, our erstwhile hero, uh, one wrecking a ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh yeah i think it like lunges and like lands right on top of his head uh you know it's got a massive just flops on him mouth <laughs> and, and so its tentacles are like wrapped around its it's his midsection and his whole head is like inside of it you can see it because it's translucent and uh as that happens Wrecking Ball like reaches up and is like grabbing the thing and it, it does have a form like it's physical even though it's water yeah. and so he's like grabs like the majority of it that's like above his head and he's like trying to pull this thing off and he just takes his Wrecking Ball hand and he just starts smashing it right into this thing and like punching literal holes through it um, and uh, I think because of its element it won't take as much damage as he normally does but you can tell like so much water is coming out of it that its form is starting to shrink. Um, and just <laughs> water is splashing off, but he does seem to have taken some damage from it and is not, uh, he seems preoccupied. And I'm going to say through my mouthpiece, boys, if I were you, I tried to hit that at a range. All right. I was just imagining like Kincaid who's like on one knee is just like instead of getting up just does more barrel roll like more rolls to just get oh, away absolutely. from it <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna barrel roll backwards and then do another roll backwards <laughs> perfect um, okay um Kincaid being a very straightforward um human cyborg um, he's going to take another shot at it with his, uh, laser rifle. Okay. And so let's see how we do. I'm going to roll brains because I have surgical precision. 11. Oh, that's a good night for rolls. Um, so Kincaid, um, he, you know, he rolls backwards. Um, every movement is very tactical to the point of being unnecessarily tactical and he's gonna um you know he lines up another shot and uh you know hits the creature with this uh this laser rifle the creature or wreck it ralph i'm sorry wreck it wrecking ball <laughs> right okay yeah it hits him and you see uh his clothes actually catch on fire and He's like kind of patting his clothes with the one hand and still bashing this thing that's attached itself to his head. Um, and uh, you said it does three harm. Yeah, three harm. OK, um, 
the laser just kind of zings off of him. It doesn't look like it's hurt him all that much. Um, Ziggy, what are you doing? Ziggy is going to kind of dust himself off there. Kind of readjust his hat there so it's sitting correctly. Uh, maybe straighten out his vest a bit better and uh, try and get the dust off as best he can. And uh, he's going to kind of look at this thing. He's going to flip it off, the guy, uh, wrecking ball. And his little panel on his stomach there is going to open up and suddenly matter from wrecking ball starts disappearing because he's using his vampiric attack on him okay uh so you're doing a clash yeah okay oh <laughs> um okay so i think as you do you you like this device that's on your stomach is it over your clothes yeah. Well, yeah. whenever he uses okay. it, the actual kind of like digital display shows up on it. So you kind of like, do you have to open up your your shirt or it just like absorbs your shirt or something? More along the lines of it just uh, pops up from his shirt, like on top of his okay. clothes. So is it like your clothes are all made of liquid, like your whole body's sort of made of the same liquid and then it just like makes itself known? kind of passing through your clothes. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying it kind of distorts like the clothing around it and it just appears there. Okay. Um, yeah. So this thing appears and starts to like fan open in whatever cool way. Uh, I'm almost imagining like a techno flower yeah. kind of thing happening. And, uh, and as wrecking balls, like one eye, you can see it starting to move around inside of the body of this thing and a laser start to like glow and the laser just like cuts a hole in uh, the side of this thing where a bunch of water is gushing out um, as it locks onto you and you see the wrecking ball hand that's like currently pounding this thing uh, just flips down and shoots off in your direction. Um, it nails you and it hurts. It hurts bad. Uh, you get three harm and it kind of like stabs into you and pushes you across the ground and I think eventually you kind of like collide with something big like a, like the colonnade or something and stop. But the wrecking ball is still there and there's just a big long chain going back to his arm. How does, uh, how does, what, what happened? How does Ziggy react to this? Um, Ziggy is going to collapse because he is currently down to one life. I'm just going to say he just falls over. He doesn't say anything. He was basically just flipping him off and that was kind of his witty retort. And that just got blown away. Nice. Okay, uh, I think with that, let's cut over to uh, Monday. So as all of this is happening, um, you hear this like explosive sound. I think you're kind of focused ahead trying to get this safe open. All of a sudden, the thing just opens up in front of you and reveals the safe. What are you doing? I'm going to say Monday is not going to waste any time and he's just going to uh, cut the... Well, actually, would have Mil uh, Miller have said anything? Uh, since we still have the broadcast open. Doc says to Monday, Clarence, and Clear, he says, um, the vault is open. I need, uh, Monday, I need you to get in there and open it with your sword. I think it should be sharp enough. And then we can get out of here while these guys are distracted before they even know we're gone. All right? 
All right. And I think with that, Monday's going to dash in. Okay, so in front of you is the vault. Uh, I think, uh, Clarence, you're there as well, right? Floating yes. kind of beside him. Um, you see the vault, and as you see it, you realize it's definitely biometric. Uh, I think when you swing your sword into the vault, you realize it is definitely made of something uh, hardened. Uh, I believe you have armor piercing and high tech on your sword, right? Sure do. So it's cutting it, but it definitely seems like this way is going to take you a while. Need a little help? What do you have in mind? Have you ever heard of this thing called telekinesis? Um, not psychic, so... Oh, you are? No. I was being sarcastic. Just let me do my professorial. Let me explain things. I'm not going to explain shit. Let's do this. (laughs) Monday this whole time is kind of staring disprovingly and tapping his foot mentally. There's just this weird pulse, like my heartbeat, and then it's like... All of a sudden, clear gets a little nosebleed in your body. He's like... Yeah. Oh, dang it. Uh, So you're going to do... Have fine control over something to try and, like, make it open for you? Or are you trying to, like, pull the door off or something? Trying to make the blade cut in more okay you're just giving it more cutting power more oomph uh i feel like that this will work but it will still take it it won't take as long it'll take like one third less miller we need your grinlings to help pull all right (laughs) doc is gonna go over there um can i roll to help them I don't think physically you could help them all that much, but you do remember that this door is uh, biometrically locked. Oh, okay. And, and you know, you can infect people with your parasite and make them do what you want. Or just pick up the dang body and (laughs) tote it over here. But Uh, there is a huge crazy battle going on. And from where you're at, you're not inside the hologram yet. You just saw Wrecking Ball's giant, like, big pumpkin-sized Wrecking Ball with spikes cram right into the middle of a guy and send him flying, like, 10 feet. I think Miller would almost be, like, checking his life choices at this point. Like, oh, frick. What Miller's going to do is he has a Grinling over there, and he's going to use Infection to kind of uh, puppeteer Rex's body to go over and open the biometric lock. Okay, roll plus looks. Basically, you got to convince uh, convince Grin to do what you want. <laughs> Ten. Dang. All right. Nice. He's like, oh, sure. This sounds like fun. Being in the body of a rich, wealthy, well-built, handsome <laughs> fellow for once. And, he, and you see the grin like like go in his body and like it looks like weekends at Bernie's at first. It's just like and like think that's... kind of moving really awkwardly. And then after a second, it kind of like shakes it off and he like looks back at you and waves. Hey, you know what? 
Grin, I need you to stop that. Just just do what just do what I told you. That's creepy. Oh, I'm I'm doing exactly what you told me. Yeah, um, but don't wave at me. Don't make this weird. Oh. Sorry for making it weird that I'm possessing the unconscious body you know of, what? of another. Sorry that I'm well, making it so weird for you. You know, you know what? I'm sorry, Grin. This 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 has been a long day. And you know what? This just it's weird all around. Let's just agree on that and Grin open the door, please. So as Kaiser's body walks in there with you, uh, Silent Monday, how do you react to this? Monday is going to withdraw his blade and detect what the fuck just appears on his chest. Grin is like, what are you doing in my vault room? (laughs) Oh, dear. Gotcha. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so after he says that, he's like, gotcha. Uh, All right, out of the way. And uh, he walks over and he sticks his thumb on there, looks in there. And uh, and then as he does that, it it says voice verification required. And Grin's like, somewhere over the rainbow. Way up high. Voice verification, not a match. God damn it. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high. I've got to be perfect pitch to get this damn thing open. And it goes. Hello, players. It's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of Dust World RPG, as well as I play Lucas in Strangers in the Pines. I'm just here to let you know that we have just released a free one-page RPG called The Christmas Special. It's a game about playing Christmas movies, essentially. So if you love Christmas movies, you love The Grinch, you don't love Christmas, you can blast it. It's kind of up to you and the keeper whoever's running the game the dm so it's really simple you print it out you and your friends and you can create mayhem for christmas or you can save it it's up to you but we just released it so if you're interested in getting that just head on over to our website and click the download link so that's all for now i hope you are enjoying the show and we'll get on with it so back to the show play on Okay, bye. Bye. And then, you know, the sound of the vault opening and it opens up. Um, While this is happening, we're going to cut over to the battle going on with a dying Ziggy. Uh, Cliffa, you just watched Ziggy get sent flying, uh, which looked incredibly painful. Um, What are you doing? Uh, I guess I'm going to go heal him. (laughs) Okay. Because I have divine elemental. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so you do you take physical form? Like, do you think she has to physically touch somebody to heal them? Or can her mist be enough? I don't know. I think I'll stay in mist form to do it, though. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll uh, plus instinct. So this mist hovers around Ziggy and... Uh, you got a nine, so on a nine you can pick one. You can heal two, stabilize, or attract no attention. 
Is he unstable? He's down to uh, one. Yeah. He is very much He's unstable. He's definitely unstable. I think I'll stabilize him then because we kind of need him in fighting shape. Yeah, so uh, all of a sudden you feel like less like you're going to die any moment, Ziggy, as uh, as this misty cloud kind of surrounds you. Um, I'm sure you know that it's Cliffa because you know she can become a mist. Um, do you say anything? He's going to cough for a bit and be like, oh, thanks, mate. And then he's going to kind of pop open the vice and he's going to try and regenerate. Sort of the metal flower. Yeah. Techno flower. There we go. Yeah, it's plus grit. All right, here we go. Ooh, it's a 14. Oh, great. Uh, so on a 14, you heal three and stabilize your injuries. Um, so I think what happens is as your body heals, it forces the wrecking ball out and it just like falls <laughs> on the floor with a massive thud uh, as your like the holes in your body, like literal puncture holes heal up. Uh, I think it's very uncomfortable, though. Um, it's not it's not a fun feeling to get regenerated like this. Oh, no, he's essentially uh, forcing his body to uh, snap back into shape without any uh, consideration for the nerves or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Kincaid, you just saw your buddy go flying. Um, what are you doing now that you've ninja rolled backwards a couple times? Oh, <laughs> um, he he's he's like Ziggy. I'll kill you. And he's going to ninja roll forward. And uh, he's going to um, come at it with his vibro knife. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going to go for it. Roll clash. 10. All right. Not bad. Um, So on a 10 plus on a clash, you also get to pick one extra effect. I'll go ahead and do the extra harm. So what what is its weak point on its body? I don't think it's like there's actually a weakness. It's just like you aim for a weak spot, meaning like that's how you, you get just, the plus yeah. one. Uh, I think probably in the neck. You know, that's like, what I see. That's what I was thinking, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kincaid jumps on the back of this creature and is like, and remember, on top of it's like upper torso like kind of shoulders up is this water like oh, worm yeah. thing okay um <laughs> its tentacles have like wrapped under his arms and are like wrapped around its abdomen but it's like engulfed his body maybe like, he just from the, throws from the it. shoulders up yeah you yeah can throw it. he just okay so he what about it right in the eye like his yeah. techno eye so by the way, I will say he's done two ninja rolls backwards, one ninja roll forward, and he's <laughs> he's thrown this uh, vibro blade, which maybe he can do a bit of course correction midair because it, everything, even a knife, has a lot of technology attached to it. So okay. it like it like impossibly zoom does like a, a turn oh, in midair. Is it a trick shot? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. And just because he's a cyborg and everything is unnecessarily complicated. So uh, the place where he had burned a hole with his laser 
eye to target uh, Ziggy, your knife finds its way right in there and it jams right into his eye socket. Uh, you can tell this definitely did some freaking damage. Uh, he like kind of lunges back. His wrecking ball is like still at the feet of Ziggy, so it's not attached to his hand, so he can't really use that to attack. Uh, but his other hand is like grab <laughs> grabbing this knife and like his face, and he's just like, ah, wrecking ball, it hurts. Why must you hurt wrecking ball? As he's just like kind of flailing now. With Also, you can't hear him entirely because it's like, you know, he's underwater. Yeah. And so that's what's going on. Uh, as that's happening, I think you also kind of feel the mist in the room congealing and notice that uh, that Cliffa has come around Z Ziggy and that the uh, that then you hear the thump of the wrecking ball kind of like hitting the floor. So I think while that's happening, we're going to cut back inside of the vault room. So there in front of you guys, uh, standing with Rex, well, Rex's body anyway, um, you rolled 10. I guess for now, we'll just go with temporarily control them. And if you want something else, you can pick it. I'll but do, do they have one hole. leave a false memory. He d he's okay. not going to remember any of this, nor is he going to remember how to get into his own vault. So that will be useful. <laughs> does he does he even remember he has a vault? Oh, my God. <laughs> stick no, him he in doesn't. The vault. Yeah. He just takes he just like um, maybe Grin gets a little Ooh, overzealous you know, and he's like, I, let's just remove all. Let's just delete all. Uh, I don't know how. I mean, I think you would know this. You know that uh, Clarence wants to get out of this, like Ooh. wants to be free. Yeah. You know, you could leave like leave a memory that that he let Clarence go or that Clarence died or any number of twisted like realities plausible scenarios i would like yeah. to say that he leaves a memory in uh rex's mind that of well he doesn't want clarence to be dead because then if he sees clarence he'll know his mind has been messed with like clarence is either a clone or or enough like a clone that like the other clones look very similar to him if not spot on Okay. So seeing another Clarence walking around wouldn't be too suspicious. Correct. Okay. So then he's just going to implant a memory of after a fight, them having to like cart Clarence out and like, I don't know, throw him down a well or whatever they do with all the dead Clarence. Yeah, like an incinerator. Yeah. Like, all right, well, next. <laughs> Start the next batch or whatever. Nice. So. In this memory, and I think because Clarence, you're connected to Monday, uh, that you can kind of like feel this, these thoughts sort of appearing in his head as well. So basically, you see like the end of a fight as they card out Clarence on this hover uh, stretcher, and with no glee on his face and kind of surprise, Rex walks up uh, in the locker room where he never goes. And he sees Clarence and he like bends down on one knee and he looks at Clarence for a moment and he says, your journey's been long and you fought many battles. I thought you would earn your freedom and 
probably take over this place or do something great. I always thought I saw greatness in you, although it terrified me. It's a surprising end, my friend. Good luck on the next life. And he stands up and like he doesn't cry. He he doesn't look very emotional, uh, but he does feel like a bit sad um, because really, and I think that this is the most poignant part of this, this feeling that you're kind of conjuring in him. Clarence is one of a kind. And then he walks off and the memory's over. Um, which brings us back into the moment where you all are standing in front of the open vault. In front of you, there is a about a foot tall cylinder. It's techno, uh, you know, so like devices are all over it. You can see like a, a beeping sort of like almost like a heart monitor, like whatever the temperature and whatever's in here. Uh, it seems to be being monitored by several sensors and it also has a temperature on it and it's it's below freezing. Um, who's grabbing it? What are you doing? I guess Monday, you're the only one that's actually there, but. Well, first though, I do have a response to all this, which is see you in hell. So this is it, huh? Monday. Yep. All down to this. And I think with that, Monday's gonna walk up, reach over and grab it. Okay. Yeah, you pick it up. There's no traps or anything. Uh, it's okay, it's a little heavy. Um, probably weighs like not. It's not heavy for Monday. Monday's a beast, but it's you can tell it's like got some heft to it. Yeah, with that, the you guys have it right outside. Though you definitely you hear like all of a sudden hear the screaming of wrecking ball uh, and like the thud of the um, the wrecking ball hitting the ground. Um, do you guys peek out or, uh, Miller, do you let them know anything? In the mental link to, uh, Clarence and Monday says, did y'all find it? Is it, are we, is it done? Uh, we're almost done. We just have to pick up one more thing and we should be done. Does, uh, Clarence like shoot Monday a picture of it? Yes. And it's like, I need that. Very well. Uh, Monday's going to peek outside and check the situation of the combat going on. Oh, yeah. It's crazy as hell. With that, uh, let's cut over to that combat. Um, Hunter, Ziggy, Cliffa, what are you guys up to? I'm going to say Ziggy is royally pissed right now. I would hope so. And he is going to open the seal of the last celestial. Nice. That doesn't sound good. So, well, I'm going to roll Clash first because he's basically attacking Wrecking Ball here. <laughs> nice. A I have 14. that a plus two because I forgot that he's using grit instead of uh, strength. So the seal of the Celestial, can you just kind of give us a brief rundown of what it is and seal of the last what your celestial, options are? You've learned a technique to store your life force in your body in a small tattoo-like seal. The effects last one scene. Uh... I get all kinds of different effects, such as you're as strong as 10 men, which is plus two harm. You can leap as high as a building. You heal yourself or another one-to-one -one for harm. Your power creates an advantage, plus one forward. You temporarily unlock a power. 
which is more related to the heavy uh, pitter for secret fighting arts. Uh, the one I'm going for is going to be, you destroy something massive, the collateral damage is high. Okay. The seal is going to pop open, but it's going to be, like, going into overdrive is the best way to describe it. It's kind of like pulsing and just building in power. And so he's just going to roar out enough, and he's going to charge forward and just haul off and bust him as hard as he can. Nice. Uh, okay, so you uh, you smash this guy right in the guts. Uh, he goes flying into the ceiling, uh, smashes like a big massive hole into it, and actually goes another floor up. Whatever is above this, you guys don't even know, I don't think. Uh, he is now there. Um, the only thing is, um, he did have an explosive water worm on his head. <laughs> so uh, that explosive water worm does explode. And it does two harm, forceful and loud, uh, plus the element, which is one harm. So it does like four harm. As it explodes, I don't, I don't feel like it would hit you. It's definitely gonna gonna hit him. Um, I think you take two harm uh, as it explodes, but most he'll take like most harm basically. And uh, what was your harm from your clash? And you got a fourteen, so you've got a plus, uh, plus something on there as well, like a extra pick. I think we'll go with you force more you want and no harm. Yeah, so you come up and you hit him. I think since you're forcing him where you want him, you don't take any damage because he'll go there first, basically. Uh, and then as and you hit him in the guts. And so as he hits the like ceiling, uh, that explodes out. You hear a massive boom. Uh, and also his wrecking ball is just like hanging from the ceiling because <laughs> the chain's not that long, you know? Uh, so there's just like a massive... Uh, wrecking ball hanging there and all this water <laughs> gushes down into the room um uh, as that happens what are you doing cliffa and hunter damn that was pretty brutal holy shit remind me not to get on your uh your bad side ziggy Drinks are on me tonight. Ziggy's too ticked to reply. Now, uh, do you think we should go after that fault? I think before they say that, I want, uh, Monday, you're the only one there, technically. I mean, you know, Rex is there, but he's not going to be a problem for you. So I think, Monday, roll face danger to escape unnoticed. Uh, Clarence, are you going to do anything or also Miller, I guess you could try to help out in some way. Well, I can't, but it would have to be for telekinesis. No, just roll lend a hand. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. So you got an eight. Okay. So on an eight, uh, you grant him a plus one. Um, and you have either drawn, uh, attention or... Uh, are getting into danger somehow. I guess I'll get into danger because we yeah. don't really want to draw attention right now. Okay. 
So what are you doing? How are you, uh, Clarence, going to distract them? Or, like, make sure that they don't notice him? Uh, maybe you could make the elevator door open, or you could break a light, or you could... Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make the... Pull a wrecking ball down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I'm stupid enough to bring wrecking ball back into this. I think I will open the elevator door. Okay, so you like just... Something. Press the elevator door button, right? It, that's not hard. Yeah. Um, okay, so the elevator door. Silent Monday, did you roll already to escape? Yeah, Monday's going to... Uh, so you rolled a 13, so you do what you went out to do. Yeah, Monday's going to black do something unusual. He's going to fully black out his suit. There's no LEDs on or anything. Um, when his suit is completely off... Uh, it kind of looks white, right? Like kind of white plasticky or is that? Yeah, yeah, it's white plasticky. Yeah, but it's not. It's kind of like less distracting. Like if you're near. It tends to flash and there's like lights, you know, like lighting up the hallway as you walk if they're on. So this definitely reduces that. Yeah. And then the, you know, the colonnades and the marble in this room are all like that light colored. Like either, I'm thinking beigey, kind of like a beigey marble. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you like dip behind the colonnade and then slide up to the desk, uh, easily retrieving the um, the crystal concilium as you make your way out. I'm say he uh, does like a little walk- flip and grabs it mid-flip. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, like yoink. Uh, and as you make your way outside of the force field, um, you guys watch as uh, as Rex just kind of like walks into the room with his hands in his pockets, sits down at the desk and puts his feet together and just watches what's happening. <laughs> um, and I think like as you get back with the group, uh, clear, like in in the astral realm sees Clarence. I imagine you're coming back to your body at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Clarence, as you come back to your body, Uh, you notice there's something around your body. Uh, Like there's these shapes. And as you grow closer to these, to your body and these shapes, you realize that these are, there are beings here and they look full of malice and they are staring at you. What are you going to do? Ah, Uh, what? I've never experienced this before. Clear? What is this? Oh. It seems you've attracted some wraiths. Clear? How do I get rid of this? Uh, fight or run? Wait, wait, that's not right. What do we call it? It's... isn't it fight? Fight or flight. That's right, that's right. Oh, God. I'm side-blasting them. Okay. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. It's nowhere close to oh, my gosh, birthday. Nice. <laughs> 12. Awesome. Um, okay, so two harm, uh, close, loud, ignore armor. Um, these two beings are kind of like moving and encroaching on you, and I think uh, you see like psi energy starting to form around your body as well. And uh, as you reach out and just kind of this wave of pink energy like fires off and hits one of these wraiths, 
uh, which kind of look like a wispy sort of skeleton, but instead of like legs, it just has this like torn cloth that's kind of like trailing. Uh, they're kind of more on the dark color scheme side. Um, their skeleton is actually like almost like a charred looking skeleton. Um, as this one gets hit, it kind of like screeches this terrible sound. And because you guys are connected to Clarence, you hear this sound uh, in your head. And Clear raises his hand as this other one that's still looking at you. And a beam of psi energy bursts off of him as well. And it hits it and it screeches. And they both kind of come up and look at you and look at your body with clear in it and look back at you and then they fly off. Claire, I want my body back right now. Oh, sure. Send me to the wolves. I'll protect you, but for God's sakes. And clear steps out of the body. I turn to Doc Miller and I say, so about what you owe me, clear. Who am I talking to right now? Oh, you're no fun. Let's just go. Thank you for protecting my body. Listen, I'm sorry for being defensive. It's just, it's, it's my body. I don't, I don't like it being exposed, but thank you. Let's just go. I I understand. Let's get the hell out of here before those jerks decide to, whatever. Let's just go. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I think you guys, uh, evacuate with little resistance because this route already had uh, pretty much no resistance. Um, And as you make your way out, um, I imagine you just walk past the slicer van that you stole and find another egress. Am I right? Yeah, sure. So you guys find yourselves a quick taxi ride back to Helix Hills where you've had Detective Hanjo meet you. While that's happening, uh, let's cut back to Hunter Kincaid, Ziggy, and Cliffa. Well, that was certainly eventful, but uh, let's get to the task at hand. Yeah. Has she formed a body? I don't think she can talk unless she's, like, forming... I've talked in misform, but I formed a body at this point. Yeah. Okay. You got to like form at least a mouth, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's just like this mouth, Gross. like Cheshire mouth. cat mouth floating around. Oh, yeah. It's very disconcerting. Especially yeah, yeah. since she uses very deep lipstick. Okay. So they turn around and they see that the, uh, the vault has been revealed from this angle. Basically the wall section has come out. So you can't see that the wall, the vault is open yet, but you see that it's been revealed. Uh, and you also notice Kaiser Rex is sitting at his desk with his feet crossed, just watching you. Uh, I can explain. We don't have to explain anything. You stole from us, and we're taking back what belongs to us now. Wait, wait, wait. Something ain't right. Why is he, uh... Wait. When was the vault open? And you see Kaiser's hand reaching towards uh, something under his desk. Um. Okay, Kincaid's going to shoot him. <laughs> he thinks he's <laughs> okay. reaching for a gun. So Kincaid, he's not going to try to kill him. Or, well, uh, Kincaid's going to shoot him in the shoulder. Okay, roll clash. All right. Eight. 
Okay, so uh, Kincaid shoots him in the shoulder. Um, as that happens, uh, you hear a clicking sound as two rotary guns uh, have been released from the oh, ceiling. Because no. um, as he fell back, he kicked something under the desk. Um, and you hear him going, ow, son of a bitch. It was going to be such a funny bit, but you jerks had to go and shoot me. Um, and you hear the rotary guns starting to spin up. Um, run. <laughs> he's going to he's going to go for the vault. OK. Uh, yeah, they uh, what does Ziggy do? Does he also run? Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of had it with this place at this point. <laughs> OK, what does that mean? This is such crap. Let's just get this over with. Does it mean he's running? Yeah, he's bolting. He's he's just okay. He's fed up. With this uh, place. You have two more uh, life force sealed, so you can use any of your, um, you know, options at any point. Basically, the seal stays open until you say the steel is closed or the scene ends. Um. Yeah. So you guys rush. Uh, Clifford, do you rush? Do you just turn to mist? What do you do? I rush with them, yes. Um, so as you guys rush into the vault, you do hear the sound of machine gun fire hitting the ground as these guns track you, but you're fast enough because, you know, if they were spinning up as you were running. Um, you see the vault is open, and it's not empty. There's just no... Uh, Project Icarus cylinder in here. Kincaid is going to punch the wall over and over again and just kind of like start throwing tables and just like Um, just he's going to lose it. Yeah, Ziggy's eye is twitching really badly. So let me get this straight. We just got our shit kicked in. Don't tell me this went and delivered it already. That's not possible. I was sure of our data that he hadn't gone and done it yet. What the absolute fuck is going on? I think with that, you guys hear the sound of alarms going off. Uh, I really thought I hacked it. I guess I didn't hack it enough. You're doing fine. No, why? I. What the need, absolute fuck? We need to get we out. We can worry here about this one without getting perforated here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But I think uh, Ziggy is going to. Is there a place where in the vault where he can get to the elevator theoretically if he were to say punch the wall open? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I suppose. Like, you could probably punch all the way to the elevator if you wanted. Okay, he is going to punch out the wall and get to the elevator. Okay, you're going to burn, like, another uh, life thing to do collateral? Yeah. Okay. You see these techno lines form up Ziggy's body and his eyes glow. Uh, Do you say anything or you just start smashing the wall? I think Ziggy's done mouthing off and he's just going to punch the wall. <laughs> so at first it, it looks like Ziggy's just having a fit, 
But then you notice as he punches the wall, the shit is just breaking right under his fingertips. And as holes is forming big enough for you guys to walk through, uh, you keep taking a few steps until you realize that in front of you is actually the elevator shaft and you have pierced through the side of it. Before we go, boys, I do have one last present to leave our good friend, Mr. Rex. I'm certainly not going to leave him empty handed for all the joy he's given us. And I am going to try and create a huge land squid in the room (laughs) where he's in. I love it. Because I am pissed. I will burn luck. Do I have luck? You have one luck. Yeah, I will use it. (laughs) Okay. So on a 12, which you get with a luck, you get four perks and no flaws. So you want it to be massive. You want it to be destructive, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want it to have a breath weapon? Sure. Why not? You want it to be durable? (laughs) You don't care how long it lasts, right? No, I want it it there forever. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So do you want it to, to make it last as long as you want, or do you want it to be durable? Durable. I don't okay. care. Okay, so it is durable. It has a breath weapon. Uh, it's destructive, and it's huge. Yeah. So I think uh, you like stretch out your hand as uh, water starts to gush out of your hand and solidify and take on this form. Um, I think you're so aggravated and frustrated. Like the thing that comes out is is like a Cthulhu monster. Like it doesn't it doesn't really seem like a squid as much as just a mass of like form and tentacles and mouths and uh, and like spikes. And it's just kind of terrifying. And then the water starts to harden into like like this kind of really compressed water and start turning dark. And as it does, you can feel the anger that you had has like leached into this thing. And you guys are not safe, so you should go. We do. Okay, um, Ziggy is going to use his last life point. He is going to pick up both uh, Kincaid and uh, Cliffa and use the leap over tall buildings to jump down the elevator shaft with them. Sweet. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, so you guys, he snatches you in his arms and he just jumps down the shaft with you guys. Uh, what does that sound like? Ah, uh, oh! damn it. Ah, uh, damn it. Oh, quit screaming. So you guys, uh, you basically, there's so much going on in his office now and the elevator won't go, uh, like is, is kind of messed up that, you you get out with no problem. Like people are are flocking to like the elevator and stuff. And so like you guys walk out and nobody's really paying you much mind. Um, well, nobody's looking. The second half of uh, Ziggy is going to kind of meld back into him. OK, um, yes. And so with that, I think you guys make it outside. Uh, I think. Maybe you see the uh, like as you go out that side door that you came in through, Hunter, uh, you see the slicer van 
And you remember those guys that were tied up in the slicer van that you left behind. You see the van doors are open, uh, but there's nobody inside, which is neither here or there. But uh, I imagine that you guys have no problem finding like maybe you go hop back in your uh, van that you parked by the kitchen um, yeah. to to escape. Yeah. So I think Cage with not that, really I think they're any mind. Yeah, I think with that, they're off to either hide or report <laughs> we can we can check in with them at some future point um the the crew you know you, they make it back to uh helix hills um and uh i think you know they <laughs> they limp you know back into the apartment uh fairly unscathed considering um and Sitting, I imagine, in the dark with a single light on around the metal table that you use for both operating and eating is uh, is Project Icarus, the cylinder. And uh, you know that soon um, Detective Hanzo will come in and meet with you guys. What are you doing? What are you saying? Like patching each other up like what's what's happening maybe there's not a whole lot of dialogue but like we've all had a really weird and stressful and painful evening so maybe we're all just taking a moment to patch each other up and you know take a moment to relax and maybe uh it'll catch a little bit of shut eye you want to look inside it don't you honestly Not right now. Fair enough, but we did nearly get ourselves killed for this thing. I'd like to know what it is. You definitely hear a voice. Oh, definitely. Curiosity killed the cat. Let's be curious. Shut up. I'm going to say at this point, Monday's going to walk in with a bunch of uh, Chinese boxes in his hand. (laughs) Nice. He's like, ah, thank God I'm starving. Let's open it after. Fair enough. Yeah, so I think uh, they, you know, have their Chinese food feast. Uh, All the while, there is this, you know, pinkish pearlescent crystal sitting on the table. And I think it it kind of draws Clarence's attention every now and again. Um, But I, I feel like Clarence, you might almost have a resistance, like you're not sure what's in there, you know? What what do you feel towards this object? I pick it up and I kind of hold it in my hand, looking at it while the other two are busy. I'm just staring at it, turning it over in my hand over and over again. Yeah, I think you know and see kind of Clear's astral form. And he's like, well, are you going to open it? Or what? Honestly, more curious about the Icarus thing. Yes, I could take a peek and tell you what's inside. No. We do this together. We certainly retrieved it together. I didn't do much. You did great. No, thank you. You're welcome. Speaking of seeing what's inside, and I think he... Like touches the 
the cube with his astral hand and you feel energy kind of welling up around it. What are you doing? I want to see. Your memories, not mine. No, they're, they're your memories. No, you, you, you will look at my memories after I have looked at my memories. They're my memories. All right? You're just, you're just not, not going to look. I, I have time. What if it breaks? What if it's stolen? Don't do this to me, Claire. Fine. Oh, in time. In time. So as you are having this conversation with Clear, Monday and Miller, you guys are eating uh, around, you know, the table. Um, what do you guys say? How are you? So Doc takes a bite out of his uh, chow mein and he's like, so uh, what the hell was going on in uh, Rex's office? Do I even want to know or is this going to bite us in the ass later? Okay, Monday is going to shrug, and, and I don't know, face kind of appears. Actually, I can tell you exactly what was happening. Uh, is this loud enough for Monday to hear, by the way? Yep. That's kind of out of the bag at this point. Yeah, he's not trying to hide it anymore. He's like, finally, somebody else not as dumb to talk to. So, Grin, what? Oh. Who, what was going on? Well, you remember how Rex stole the Project Icarus thing, the cylinder, um, yes. which is obviously some sort of cryotube. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Anyway, those three are the ones he stole it from. They were actually quite pissed after you guys left, and they shot me, well, Rex, in the arm, which was pretty uh, unkind, you know, but I guess I get their feelings. But, you know, anyway, I activated some machine guns and set off the alarm, so it definitely gave them some trouble, but then they dropped some kind of giant liquid monster, and it just, it tore up Rex's office. It was, it was both hilarious and terrible because I had to be there, but, you know, all good, I guess, in the long run. So, this is a problem that's going to bite us in the ass later, I'm sure. Well, it seems like they hacked the security system, and it also sounds like they didn't even see <laughs> you fools. Oh. Well, hopefully we won't run into them again, I think. Yes. I think that would be uh, most unfortunate. So, let's thank our lucky stars tonight, and uh, Green, you want some chow mein? Oh, yes. Could you throw some cockroaches in mine? Uh, no. No, I can't. <laughs> and Miller, like, um, holds out his, his free hand, and he's using the chopsticks to just feed a, a mouth that's opening up on the palm of his hand, and just, like, <laughs> it's very horrible. Yes. <laughs> it's yes, very it horrible. <laughs> Monday is kind of staring at this. I forgot to mention that his visor is completely down so you can fully see his face. He has this expression on his face of, that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
nice. going to kind of get up and kind of pat Miller on the back there and kind of find somewhere quiet to sit with his chow mein and not watch Miller feed his hand. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, and I think with that, uh, there's a knock at the door and Hanzo comes in and I think we'll kind of cut away. So obviously you guys kind of tell him what happened and you guys kind of go through the whole spiel. Yeah, so as the camera pulls back and we see Neon City, we find ourselves moving through the city quickly. It's starting to rain and the light of the spires can be seen arching through the rain through the cities, almost creating a kind of magical rainbow effect. We find ourselves in a small cell underneath the ground, we would assume, and there is a a wild animal, a beast, a massive wolf with small tornadoes forming around it, kicking up dirt and debris in this cell and then dissipating over and over again. And as we continue moving through the city and seeing these images, there is an office fully destroyed and a man sitting in a desk with his hands over his face and it's Kaiser Rex and he sits up looking around more distraught than angry at this point the whole office is wet it looks just destroyed everything broken colonnades toppled Uh, tapestries soaked and seemingly burned through somehow. Kaiser has bandages all over him, but especially over his shoulder, which is bleeding. And Becker walks over and they start talking. And you can tell Kaiser is frustrated and feels a great loss for what has happened. And as he's talking about it, there's this black sand that seemingly falling out of the ventilation shafts and and working its way out of the carpet. And nobody seems to be noticing this and it's creeping along the floor and making its way onto the rubble of his desk as he continues to talk with Becker and suddenly it starts to congeal and grow into a small bush. a small rose bush. It grows larger. They both notice immediately and they stare. They're very confused as like one by one, a branch will grow up with spikes and a small rose forms and it's almost eye level. And Kaiser reaches out to touch the rose and the moment that he touches the petal, there seems to be a reaction on a molecular level as Uh, as if someone has lit a match on a fuse and the whole thing explodes. The room is immediately filled with sound and light and debris and smoke. Alarms go off, water sprays. But we don't know what happened to Kaiser Rex. So that's it for this episode of Dust World Neon City. 
Thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out our mailing list and our website, therpgempire.com, where you can connect with us, get merch, and even download games. Talk to you soon. Remember, play on. The hallway of the behind the scenes section of the chasm where the night shift made its way into the elevator leading to Kaiser Rex's office finds itself flashing lights on and off, eerily quiet as the sound of fighting and destruction happens somewhere further up. And walking away from an unconscious guard is Ziggy in his wolf form. What is Ziggy up to? Ziggy is currently kind of stretching and enjoying himself and kind of relishing the fact that he finally got to take someone out. Uh, it's definitely been too long since he's been stuck with the uh, Klein tech and definitely trying to get some of that bloodlust out. As Ziggy finishes stretching there and kind of uh, enjoying the feel of uh, proper four legs and tail, Ziggy is going to pointedly raise one leg and do what wolves and dogs do best when it comes to marking territory to the unconscious guard. Awesome. And as that is happening, where does Wolf Ziggy go next? Ziggy is going to kind of stick his nose up in the air and kind of sniff around there. And after catching sight of his target, he's going to make his way towards the security guard break room. Yeah, he finds it. No problem. Uh, no security guards currently in here. And without further delay, he's going to, with his teeth, pop open the fridge and see where this particular morsel that he's sensing is coming from. Yeah, he pops open the fridge and he chows down on all of the delicious lunches that everyone has brought. I imagine he, he bites holes in the beers and drinks them up busts the bottles, just makes a complete uh, havoc, like wrecks complete havoc in this place. Does that sound about right? Oh, yeah, that's definitely within Ziggy's nature. Nice. Uh, so I think as the camera pulls out, we find Ziggy sitting on a table uh, looking very self-satisfied um, and just like really relaxing with a really fat, full belly. And then something perks his ears up. He hears something like small animals scurrying or leaves sliding across the ice. It's very faint. And when he sniffs, he smells explosives or gunpowder or something, which doesn't make any sense. What does he think about that? I'm going to say Ziggy is intrigued and... He's going to kind of poke his head out and kind of try and figure out what's going on here. As he starts to poke his head out, he hears the ding of the elevator open. And when he looks down the hallway, he sees a battered and bruised Ziggy limping, pushing Cliffa and Hunter out of the elevator that has no elevator car in it. Well, you two go and... Uh Get the van ready. I need to catch my breath here. That took a lot out of me. As that happens, Wolf Ziggy trots slowly up to Human Ziggy. 
Wolf Siggy is definitely like wagging his tail happily. He's glad to see his other half. Uh, kind of concerned if you could tell, you know, read Wolf expression about how battered he looks. Right. So, uh, I hope you had fun. Uh, that was not terribly fun up there. Right. Uh, we should probably get back together here. So, when human Ziggy reaches out his hand almost to pet Wolf Ziggy, uh, Wolf Ziggy and Human Ziggy's device, this sort of techno flower uh, kind of cool high-tech device opens up on his belly and one on Wolf Ziggy and they both sort of resonate together and Wolf Ziggy becomes light and forms into uh, the humanoid Ziggy's device as it closes up. As this happens, there's going to be a moment where Human Ziggy is going to take on some of the fur and facial features and the claws of Wolf Ziggy before becoming fully human again. Does he walk off after everyone? As Human Ziggy finishes his transformation, he's going to kind of smile to himself going over the memories and stroll on out with the rest of his crew. <laughs>